Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hey, guys. And today we're going to share with you how to deal with energy vampires and narcissists. Now, I'm going to open up with saying that I personally, I don't care much for these labels. Mm-hmm. I find them to be kind of uh, just very limiting. Right. And, and, and with that said... Um, both Patty and I have dealt with relationships in our lives that many people would have labeled the other parties, one of these other two, <laughs> either an energy vampire mm-hmm. or, or a narcissist. And I also understand, especially from talking to a lot of people and coaching over the years, that there's a lot of people who are, this is like their primary struggle. This is like the one of the main themes in their life. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that me and Patty, in spite of our distaste for the labels will be able to have a lot of positive things to share that will help anyone in this situation dealing with these types of personalities yeah okay it was a hard introduction for me because i don't like the the the, 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 these labels at all um i was like i don't know if i can talk about this Mm -hmm. but then we heard me and patty were talking and we said you know what we, this this podcast episode could do a lot of good, so get over it, Vic. So I'm, I'm gonna do my best <laughs> to get over it. Um, <laughs> anyways, so anyway, so number one, I wrote down to take responsibility for your part in the relationship because it takes two to tango, as they say. And this is this is not to be glossed over or, or this not to sound unsympathetic to those who are in a really challenging relationship. But I do know the way out, and I've seen it with both of our journeys, mm-hmm. is to to empower ourselves and to take responsibility for our, our part in the relationship. And some people are going to argue and say, well, I'm stuck in a situation. But when Patty will share in a minute, one of her relationships was uh, someone who she was, in a sense, stuck with. Mm-hmm. But at least, still- the way, <laughs> at least the way we look at it, we look at it like we chose our relationships prior to coming here yeah, and that for might learning. not yeah that might not be true we don't, we don't know that for a fact we can't prove that but it does allow us with that belief it does allow us to empower ourselves and take responsibility for the situation for the relationship for the the wounds that we've suffered as a result and then sort of use them to to grow and expand and to take control of our life and of ultimately release that relationship so that belief take it for what you will that we chose our relationship we chose the situations prior to coming here um maybe it can help you as well i'm pretty sure most of these people are pretty metaphysically minded like we are and this is not going to sound too much of a stretch but anyway why don't you share about about how the, the how was this theme how did this work for you like how, how what i just said how does that relate with you well um well, what part of what you well, said? How, you said a lot. <laughs> like you maybe give an example of some of the people in your life who were people what people would call narcissists yeah. and 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 uh, how you had to kind of take responsibility and and do your part to yes. best deal with the situation. Okay, perfect. So, um, I had the opportunity uh, on this life journey to be raised by someone that would be labeled probably as a narcissist. Um, or codependent, or whatever label that resonates with you. Um, yeah, 
I was definitely raised by some, so <laughs> someone. So it was like probably that. hard to take responsibility. If you would have heard this voice advice, you would have probably been yeah. Well, I, I, I did. I did hear that advice um, that it was you know there's whenever you I was in therapy for um, a couple of years and uh, before Vic and I met. And even when we did meet, I was still seeing this therapist. But um, one of the things she would say is whenever you say you and you're pointing your finger, there's always three fingers pointing back at yourself. So it's just as much my responsibility as their responsibility for whatever situation is coming to fruition. And um, it that was a tough pill to swallow to say that I had uh, a part in the... Um, uh, I don't want to say arguments, but I guess that's the only word that's coming to mind. But the, a lot of the um, stress that was coming out in this relationship. And um, one of the things that um, I really had to take responsibility for was my reactions to their behavior. And a lot of times my reactions were emotional and erratic and um and, um, impulsive and, um, you don't get anywhere with someone who's narcissistic or codependent when you react that way, because then they can say, well, see how you're acting, see how you're being, this is, this is all of your fault. And then when you're, when you are raised by someone who does that to you, you believe all those things and you internalize them in, in a very deep way. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to get deeper into that? Or no, not think, necessarily. Yeah. I had someone in my life, an old friend that was, I didn't realize until I just read about what it means to be a narcissist the other day that, mm-hmm. that oh, wow, this person was kind of a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually what caused, what allowed me to move on from the relationship was to sort of take responsibility for my part in it, which was just a choice to put up with the, the antics right, and yeah. the unfairness um, and just, yeah, just of, of the situation. This kind of leads into number two, um, because what allowed both of both Patty and I, I also had a friend like you that was uh, narcissistic, you know, as, as well as, you know, my mom, but, um, sorry, go ahead. But I'll say, but what allowed us both to move on was I wrote down the key to freedom for number two is self love. Yeah. Eventually I started to care about myself enough and my own needs and my own well-being to where it became, I just couldn't put up with that sort of unbalanced relationship any longer. Right. Yeah, I had a, I had, the thing that's coming to mind for me was um, a specific situation where my mom was reacting to something I was telling. She didn't like that I was in therapy um, because I was, uh, maturing and growing and for a codependent person that is, um, scary because then they can't control you. Um, so she was just reacting to something in that way. And I was getting ready to go to the gym and I was lacing up my shoes and my mom was just yelling at me and I had to literally put my hand up, like stop, like, like when you say stop and you put your hand up. I had to put my hand up at her and say, this is not about you, or this is not about me, this is about you. 
I'm going to leave. I'm going to the gym and we can talk about this when you've calmed down. I had to actually say those words in that way in order to um, get any sort of result from, from that. That was the very first time I ever stuck up, stuck up for myself in a, in a, um, mature way with, with my mom in, in particular. Right. Right. And that goes in alignment with what we're saying. Yeah. About once you can, once you say, okay, you know what? I do have an influence. I, I, I can have an influence in this relationship or situation mm-hmm. that, that, that leaves room for the idea of, Things you can do, right. whether it's putting a hand up, or for me in my case, just to say, just to say, like I, I had like just... a, yeah, I had like a business relationship with somebody, and uh, an old old friend many years ago. We were growing weed together before it was even legal, <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing all of the work, and it was just because it was like a, it was a it was a good situation that I needed to really see clearly just how unbalanced this relationship was. Mm -hmm. But I I continue to put up with it over and over and over again. I would like call him over to come, to come help out with these important things we agreed to both do. And he just would just not show up. Mm -hmm. And then you have some bullshit excuse like the next day and then things would be different. But my point is like, once I realized, you know what? I chose this. I chose Mm -hmm. to go in with this person and I know why, because I felt like I couldn't do it on my own. I had my own issues that sort of manifested the relationship in this situation in the first place. But then also it was my choice to maintain it. Right. But eventually, once I realized, you know what, Victor, this is not going to stop until you stop it. They're not going to change. And it's not fair to even expect them to. If you want the situation to change, you need to do something. And finally I did. I just I just broke out of the relationship. And I said, I'm going to be... I'm going to take over and do mm-hmm. this on my own. And it was, it was super uncomfortable and it was kind of awkward. Right. Especially it, but it had to be done. <clears throat> but it, yeah, but it came to a point where like I, I refused to allow that type to tolerate that type of treatment. And I knew I deserved better. Right. And that, that was what the, the combination of that, that sufficient self love and owning the situation allowed me to act and then break, break away. Right. And, and then that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have another situation actually with um, <clears throat> my mom. Sometimes would say things to me that would hurt my feelings, but I never said anything about it. I would just like get mad and like yell or whatever, and she would have no idea what I was even upset about because I was so emotional about it. Um, but one time I was pregnant with um, with Maya, and um, I was just complaining about being pregnant because I was just so huge and ready to like have the baby. And I was just like, oh, I just, I just hate being pregnant. And, um, my mom said, oh, you sound just like Kim, which was my ex-sister-in-law who I knew she didn't like at all. And I said, why would you compare me to her? That's probably the rudest possible thing you could say to a pregnant woman when she's confiding in you. And I said, I'm not going to talk to you right now. I'm going to get off the phone because that's offensive to me. And I, I hung up and, um, she called me back and was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say, you know, to hurt your feelings, but that was the first time she would had, I had said something like sticking up for myself 
because I knew I didn't deserve for her to be rude to me in that way. And saying like, I love myself enough to not allow you to treat me this way. But it was in a mature way where it actually sunk in to where she realized, hey, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. And now what do you think, what, what attributed to your increase in self-love that allowed you to make those kind of actions just natural to you instead of forced? Well, um, the first few times that I did that, it was forced. It was like, um, I don't know, there's a saying like, fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's basically what I did until I realized, I, I don't know, it was just uh, like a turning point in in my life where I was like becoming a mom and I just realized like I would never want to treat my children like that and to say things that would you know purposely hurt them um so I just felt that it was unfair for her to do that you Mm -hmm. know well my point was like we give the advice to increase your self-love what did you do to do that you well, did therapy, I, yeah, you did a I was lot of in, inner work. Yeah, I was in therapy and in, in for two and a half years I, I was in therapy. And um it, during that time I did a lot of inner work and um growth. And um Okay, that, in, I'll in just that, I'm fishing yeah. around for something. Yeah. Well, I did specifically one of the things that I did, this this was even before I started therapy. This was when I um was in rehab and my therapist in rehab um, said to name 10 things that you like about yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and name 10 things that you like about yourself. And um, so I, I was, I had done that a few times, um, which the first time was incredibly challenging, but that's like a whole nother topic. But um, after a while, just, you know, learning to love myself for who I am, over time, Perfect. you know, through yeah. self growth and, and healing. Yeah. I, my, my main thing is like, instead of, I think it's very easy for people in these situations to get, to get sort of like locked up into the victim mentality mm-hmm. where they're not focusing on their own part. They're not growing and they're just sort of like, just, just reacting to the antics of these people rather that the way out is not, is not changing them. It's not being mad at them. It's like going within yourself. And that's like what I, what I was sort of trying to highlight. It's like you and both of us spent years facing ourselves Mm -hmm. and and you did therapy. I did a little therapy actually, but we, it doesn't matter what we did or what you do. It's that we looked in the, we looked at ourselves, which is so hard. Like the, the thing Patty is referring to is she had to look in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And say 10 things that she liked about herself. And that, then you make, then you cry the first time. The first time I didn't even make it to five. I think I started crying at three and all the things that I liked about myself were superficial. Right, exactly. But the point is like you did stuff like that that's extremely difficult for a person to do. And you did that over a span of years. Mm -hmm. And so did I. And that's like the real key, like the key to true freedom. We could give you a technique of ways of like putting your hand up in front of them. But that's sort of superficial and not going to ultimately be the key to freedom. That's just a temporary little band-aid. The key to freedom is Is self-love. And that comes through looking at yourself and healing. Mm -hmm. Something we both did a lot of. Anyway, number and are still still currently, you know, we still do that. You know, it's like it's like a never ending um, process. You know, it's like 
we're constantly working on ourselves because the more work you do, the better your relationships will be. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that exactly that advice goes even well beyond the scope of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But number three, I wrote down, and this is a little bit of a spinoff, a bit more specific, is to focus on what you're seeing, not what could be. Right. And what I mean by that is one of the reasons I kept in my, that gross situation I was referring to is because there would be times this person would come over and he'd bust ass and he was like, really, he'd, he'd trim the plants up nicely. And I say, wow, if it could only be like that consistently, mm-hmm. that's his potential. So, you know what? Maybe I should be patient. Maybe I should be, you know, I, 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 it's like, no, focus on what's actually happening. And the truth was, that scenario was an extreme rarity and 95% of the time it was dealing with the nonsense and the BS and the Mm -hmm. lies and the deceit and sort of like the deception. And that was the truth of the situation, not what, but I held on because I was hoping that hit the potential would eventually take root and, and become the, you know, yeah. Become what you want. Become, yeah. Like manifest as yeah, like, yeah. A, I would hoping they would change yeah. basically. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I remember this just like it was yesterday. I, I was in, in therapy with my, my therapist and I was just, I was sitting there saying, I just wish that she would be different. I just wish that she was this way. And my therapist would cut me off and she'd say no, but she's not. And I'd be like, but I just, and she'd say no. You don't have the mom that you want. And I just burst into tears. And she's like, she's never going to change. You have to accept that as it is. And just know that there's ways you can deal with it without having to try to change her. It's like, I, would, I don't want her to try to change me. So mm-hmm. why, why is it my responsibility to change her? Right. You know, it's like you can't, the only person that you can change is yourself. And you have to just accept other people as they are because they are the ones that get to change themselves, you know? Yeah. And, and we all know how hard it is to change. Yeah. And that's not saying they won't change. And some of right. the people have changed. Yeah, exactly. But it's a matter of like, we don't know when that will be. Mm-hmm. It's the, the reality is look at the facts. Do we yeah. want to, at things as is, as are or whatever. As they um, are, yeah. Do we want more of that? Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, I think everyone kind of grasped what we are saying. I know I know for me that was what sort of locked me into those relationships a lot was like the holding out for the hope yeah. that they would be, you know, become more so who I thought they could be. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for sure. Especially in like a long term friendship or like a family member. You do you have this sense of like you see their potential. And you love them so much, but the reality is that they're the ones that are responsible for themselves and you're not responsible for them. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for yourself. Right. And you, you can't change anybody, you know? Right. I wrote down number four, and this is from that book, The uh, Empath Survival Guide. No is a complete sentence, she wrote. I, mm-hmm. I like that. And I wrote down, get comfortable saying no. Get comfortable being assertive. Most of us, especially like the really caring, empathic people, which is pretty much all my audience, (laughs) um, are are not good 
at setting boundaries and saying no and and saying something or behaving in a way that's going to disappoint another person or cause them to maybe react or or backlash or something like like maybe these people expect a certain version of yourself and then you all of a sudden kind of have to be abrupt and say no that's not going to fly today and and then you you know when you do that randomly that there's going to be a reaction yeah. um so it's very it's almost sometimes easier just to go with the flow than to stand out in that yeah. way and, and say no. But coming from experience and coming from a very, I would say, I want to say the word passive. I'm, a, I'm kind of a passive person, but that's not the right word. But I've always been kind of a people pleaser. Yeah, yeah. And just really nice and saying no and setting boundaries. And it's been, always been really, really challenging for me. But uh, I've gotten to a situation recently where I've gotten to a level in my business where I have to be like the boss. And, and I have different people that work for me and, and assistants and so forth. And I've really had to make myself become better at saying no and delegating and, and telling people what they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've really had to do a lot of that now. Yeah. And it was, it's always been uncomfortable for me. But now it's not. Now it's actually quite easy for me. And it wasn't that long ago where someone came up to me and they had this sort of like business proposition that was totally unbalanced. They wanted me to like split this thing with them. And I just knew that they didn't put the work in that I have, that they wouldn't be bringing nearly as much to the table as I would be. So it was just very instinctual and easy for me to say no. And I and I knew the reaction. I could, I could tell this person that when they approached me about it was like they had their hopes up and they were thinking about it and they had all these expectations. And it was like me saying no kind of abruptly was kind of a shock to them. But I did not care. I didn't allow, <laughs> I could see them like upset. And I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going not to do it. And it was, my point is, my point is, is that for someone who had such a hard time doing that, I can tell you from my own experience that it can get a lot easier. Mm-hmm. It's not going to always be challenging. And like what helped me in the beginning is what Patty said earlier, which people have different perspectives on, but fake it till you make it. Like that first no probably will be hard. Mm-hmm. You might not get enough self-love or self-healing to where that first no is just going to be easy and comfortable. You just do it anyway. Yeah. And, and regardless, deal with the situation, but eventually it becomes very easy and natural, which it should be. It should be natural to honor your needs right. and to not overextend yourself or not put up with abuse or anything that should be natural and it can be natural but because we allowed these old patterns of putting up a certain scenarios become natural to us it can be a bit of a a forcing process in the beginning Mm -hmm. yeah I still struggle with that a little bit because um I don't like to uh be aggressive I guess and I feel like that comes off as aggressive Ah. but um, it's not at all aggressive it's assertiveness and there's a big difference between that and that's 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 my challenge even still I I tend to like if I disagree with someone I definitely will say that I disagree but I do it in a very very nice soft way which can almost come off as like a way of not disagreeing yeah I, I found it funny that you chose the word aggression like there right yeah. there makes it kind of obvious why you would have trouble right. because you perceive it as being aggressive right or, or maybe you can sense that they will perceive you in a certain way mm-hmm. other than just being self-loving and assertive right and it's know? funny because as a child I was very assertive 
And I was very... You're pretty assertive with me. So who, who are well, these people you're no, having? No, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like friends. I'm always fascinated when, like, I have a friend that... Um, is just so authentically like true to themselves. I just love that, you know, because and I, I am that way. However, when it comes to like overextending myself, I will do that over like trying over disappointing someone. So that is still my, my challenge. Yeah. It's, you know what, another little bonus tip that helps is to surround yourself with people who have qualities that right. you want. Like my friend yeah. Aaron is extremely assertive. Mm-hmm. If anything, he would even probably agree that sometimes he's a bit too assertive where he's very quick to say, no, mm-hmm. I have do, I'm doing this. Yeah. And sometimes he goes back and he thinks like, maybe I could have done that for this person. But my point is he's a, he's a great example of someone who just honors himself and uh-huh. he doesn't, it's just very easy for him to be assertive uh-huh. and, and expect what he, he knows what he deserves and he will demand it right. in a very good and sort of balanced way. My point is just seeing how he is in certain situations. It's, uh, it's been very, it, it makes me realize, you know what? Life is a lot easier for Aaron because he's quick to say no. Mm-hmm. He's quick to be assertive. He doesn't mind. He doesn't go home and wonder about it or care about it. He, it is natural for him. And consequently, he's got a lot of dominion over his reality and control mm-hmm. um, that, that I could have. So I've sort of absorbed a lot of that attitude, I'd say, I think, from him. And it's been very helpful to me. Yeah. And one thing about being assertive is that that in itself is a form of self-care. You know, saying no is a form of self-care. If you don't want to do something and you do it anyway, that's really not self-care. You're not taking care of your needs. You're putting someone else's needs before yours. Yeah. And that's really, it's an unbalanced way to, to be in a sense because it's not loving yourself fully. Right, you know? right. And I'm aware of it. And I still, yeah, sometimes we both do that. I've hard. done that. Yeah. Where it's like, I've agreed to something that I was like, you know what? Maybe I should, why? I, I, <laughs> I knew I didn't want to in the moment. And I knew when it would come down to it, I'd regret it. But I do that a lot less than I yeah. ever, ever before. It's, I'm at Same. a whole new level yeah. now where I'm like, I'm, I'm surprising myself with how I'm behaving. It's like, wow, I didn't know I had this in me. I know. So let that, by points, let that be an inspiration for you guys. Because I know we are... We were, we've been on all ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And, know what it's and like. everything's always perfect. You always are learning, you know. So if you're, if you put yourself in a situation by agreeing to something that maybe you didn't want to do, you know, you learn. And then when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And that can be helpful. Yeah. Like maybe your, your friend asks you to help them moving and you know, they would never, they're never there when you moved and you agree to it reluctantly. And then it's a horrible, miserable way to spend <laughs> a Saturday. And then you got to go back to work on Monday and you're like, ah, but that experience, that'll help you the next time. It'll yeah, make it easier to say no the next time where you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Screw that. Yeah, right. exactly. And then lastly, as we were kind of getting off track a little bit there, <laughs> I wrote down, this is just my own advice, but I, I find it best to drop the labels. Mm. Like people are, I read this whole, I read this book, uh, Survival Guide of an Empath or something, and I liked it. But there's a part of it that really, I almost felt like this person had a, a resistance to narcissists and on guardness and a weariness and almost like they're just, they could pop out at you at any moment out of the bushes um, as if they're like these non-human sort of <laughs> energy sucking entities, which they might behave that way to an extent, but we all are flawed. We all have issues and all of our issues manifest in many different ways. And I find that 
I just don't like the labels. I really don't. No. I really feel like these people need more more love than anybody. Right. I was, and and if not, you conscious empaths out there to sort of see that and 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 know they're much more than this temporary character they've been conditioned in this current lifetime to right. play that and they are a benevolent eternal beautiful soul just as we all are that sometimes it just takes someone to um know that about another person for them to know that about themselves right and it also helps to understand that they didn't come from nothing it was created by someone before them like my mom's mom was a narcissist and a codependent and um, so in turn, my mom became one. So having compassion for them, knowing that they were also around someone that was like them, and that's how they learned it. When babies are pure little angelic beings and they absorb their surroundings. So you have to just look at them as pure angelic babies that just learned a different way of life than you and um that is what really continues to help me have compassion and in my relationship with my mom which is so much better now um i would even almost go as far as to say it's pretty darn good now you know and she's not any different but i'm different and she treats me differently because i'm different and then you attract like a different version of her yeah, in exactly. your encounters you don't have to deal with that aspect which is just an one aspect right, of exactly. her you don't align with it vibrationally and therefore you just don't experience it even though other people probably do yeah exactly and um you know uh just loving them regardless of their behavior and just sending love and 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 com- having compassion perfect yeah and i think the key to love and compassion because sometimes it's hard yeah but is, is understanding oh yeah like looking at my one friend like he he acted a certain way and, and whatnot and for a while i was bitter and resentful and, and harbored a resentment for a time but eventually i just started to see like how he had a very much he had a very hard life uh-huh. his father was an abusive violent alcoholic yeah and craziness. he just grew up with a lot of dysfunction and you know what he did a did a pretty good job pretty considering, good considering what he had to go through mm-hmm. as, as a child and stuff. So when I can really see like how a person became the way they are, I can see, you know what? They're doing their best just like I am. And yeah. they weren't given the tools. I We've been fortunate. We've had awesome therapists, therapists and people and, come into our yeah. life and awakenings and all these different things that have allowed, shown us different ways of relating with life. Um, but not everyone has had those opportunities yeah and and so it's like can we really expect them to be a different way can we really blame or be mad or you know disgruntled about that Mm -hmm. no it's like it's i don't know the understanding for me helps me see you know feel love genuine love and compassion for them and acceptance Mm -hmm. and, and really have no resentment and that's sort of that's how that's like the full circle where me and patty have come we went from being stuck in the victim mentality and oh my god these people are doing this and that mm-hmm. to finally empowering ourselves and and looking at ourselves going through the healing and the dark night of the soul and eventually where it became natural to to put our foot down but it wasn't easy the first 17 times but now it is and now it's not only are these people in a in a more harmonious relationship with us in our life mm-hmm. so some are gone some are just where you like with your mom where mm-hmm. you don't experience certain sides of her but to where we have no resentment we have no ill will and we have completely freed ourselves from this and looking back 
Just in this conversation alone, I realized how much these devilish narcissists have taught us about life, about love, about people, about compassion, about understanding, about Mm -hmm. acceptance. There's so much good that is cultivated in these situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my piece on the whole narcissist. (laughs) Probably the last time you hear me talk about a narcissist, I'll be honest. (laughs) Yeah, never say never. No, I, I don't know. We'll it's a good keyword i'll admit i might use it for youtube we'll see <laughs> anyways my friends we're gonna bounce we got to go to the gym we're running a bit late 12 30 here um hope you guys enjoyed this episode hope you're all having an amazing day and you know hope with some of the things we said worked for you and resonated some of the things very well may not and, and that's, that's just okay the fact too. you know we might have we were we get very honest and blunt about our perspectives um with these podcasts in particular YouTube for me is a bit more general. Um, and this is not to say like our perspective is the best. It literally is just the way it's we see It's just our perspective, things. yeah. And I would say it's it'd be good if you say, you know what, Vic, I like most of your episodes, but I don't know about this one. I don't see it that way. And I would say I'm happy that you would defer to your own expertise and your own um, your own self and to, be to see the world the way you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know if that made sense, but we just we just invite you to take everything we say with a grain of salt because we don't really believe our perspective is the right one. It's just ours. Yeah. So that's that. We're going to bounce. <laughs> Finally, for real this time. But wait, just one more thing. Nah. <laughs> All right, my friends, have an amazing day. Oh, real quick, you want to tell them about your women's ret- uh, retreat that's coming up pretty soon? Oh, yeah. Um, so... October 12th through the 15th in Sedona, Arizona, we, me, I am holding or hosting, I guess. Uh, No, I guess holding. Holding and hosting. All of the above. Um, A women's only retreat that will be filled with lots of nature hikes because, of course, Sedona has so many beautiful hikes and self-care and a lot of self-love and... um, We'll be doing some good inner work things there. Um, so if you're interested, you can message me on Instagram at Patty Papa, P-A-T-T-I-E-P-A-P-A, or you're on Facebook, um, or you can send me an email. Um, pretty soon, we're going to yeah. have a coming soon page. Very yeah, soon. In fact, pretty soon, we're going to launch it. It'll be available, yeah. and then you'll have somewhere to actually go. Yeah, finally. and then there'll be a website, but... Um, basically oh and yoga my my sweet sister she's she's my soul sister um is a yoga teacher and um she'll be she's going to be coming and joining us and teaching yoga in in the mornings and real quick love what is like the primary what's your primary uh, theme isn't it like empowerment yeah it's just women's empowerment and um self-love okay you know and just um really just connecting with women and um so you can empower yourself as a woman and empower other women and um it's it's going to be beautiful, beautiful. It's, pow- yeah. it's powerful yeah. when when a group of, we see that with our retreats when you people come together yeah. with a common theme it's like there's a strength that's formed within the tribe within oh the yeah group, and oh, everyone can sure. draw from it without diminishing it it's mm-hmm. almost like it's a give give situation you, you give take where you can like you can draw take energy from it but then you're giving back to it so it's just like this yeah it's this a like, big circle of energy that yeah. just flows <laughs> so beautifully it's awesome that'll be yeah. cool and 
another thing I wanted to quickly just mention is that um, this retreat is something very special for me because I have I was guided to do a women's retreat um, a while ago before we started our podcast before you know. I was really even getting in, involved in Victor's you, work and YouTube at all. And I, I, I mentioned it to Victor and he was like, well, how are you going to do that? We don't have any, you don't have any followers or people that know you. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I need to do it. And um, so this is really exciting that it's finally coming into uh, my reality. Finally, after like a year and a half, two years of or more, actually. It could be more. I don't even know at this point. So this is really exciting for me. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, love. And you do have an audience now. You do this podcast. I know, right? That's pretty solid. Yeah. How long have we been doing it? A year? I don't even know. I don't even know I don't either. Think I was just thinking, like, Not a long? year. Not a... There's Maybe. no way it's been a year. Maybe. Either way. We're, we're just sort of matter. talking yeah, now amongst we're ourselves talking. now. We're going to go. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you, so you guys have much, an amazing day. We'll be here uh, next week. Namaste. Namaste.